0: Welcome to the Danish Board of District Heatings podcast series. Here, we cover different parts of our industry, and this time we will focus on hydrogen. Hydrogen is hot. It's actually very, very hot. Everyone in this podcast fully acknowledges the need for green hydrogen, whereas the hard to decarbonize sectors, that could be industry and transport and many others, will need enormous amounts of green hydrogen. So we are not against hydrogen. But, as you will learn in this um, podcast, hydrogen should never, ever be used to heat buildings. That is, never, ever directly. But very much so indirectly. And why then the focus in on hydrogen in this um, strictly district heating podcast, you may ask? The answer is that hydrogen can do Many good things for district heating, and district heating can do many good things for the hydrogen industry. I look forward to learn about both blue and green district heating and blue and green hydrogen. More about that later. I'm Morten Jørgensen from the Danish Board of District Heating, and I'm your host in this district heating podcast. I have invited two guests, two experts, um, into my studio today. From the scientific side, I have Otgeir Goodmanson, who's director of projects from Danfoss. He proves in an article in Hot Cool why hydrogen should never be used for direct heating of buildings. Otgeir, introduce yourself, please.
1: Yeah, I have been working for Danfoss for 11 years. I'm an engineer. I do various system analysis for Danfoss on topics of interest. And as you know, most of you maybe know, Danfoss is a technology company focused on energy efficiency.
0: Good, thank you. And from the, can I say, more practical side of um, this, I have Jørn Nilsson. Jan Nielsen is uh, managing director of a large district heating transmission company called Tweez in Denmark, and he's also the chairman of the board of the Danish Board of District Heating. And important of this podcast, Jørn Jör- has actually connected district heating pipes to a hydrogen plant to harvest the surplus heat. Jørn, please introduce yourself.
2: Yes, thank you Morten. Yeah, my name is Jan Nilsen and as you mentioned, I'm a CEO in, uh, in uh We're a heat transmission company, so our customers, they are district heating companies and, and a few industries as well. So what we do is that we're a business to business company. We purchase the heat from our heat suppliers and we sell it basically to the district heating companies. Uh, and sort of the latest activity on that is, is utilising surplus, surplus heat from, uh, from hydrogen production.
0: Thank you very much, Jan. As you will all hear soon, they are top experts on, on this topic and have practical experience. Um, so the question is, why should we not use hydrogen to heat? buildings, at least, directly. And there are two very strong arguments. The first is that um, heating building with hydrogen does not make any sense seen from an energy efficiency perspective. I think we should start there. Um, Otge, in the article you mentioned black, blue, and green hydrogen. But you have also invented um, blue district heating. That is, to me, somewhat new. Um, I always thought district heating was green. But um, okay, can you please talk us through the different colors and explain a little bit about why is it hydrogen in building is such a bad idea?
1: Yeah, if we start with the colors then black hydrogen is basically a hydrogen manufactured by fossil fuels where you just get rid of the carbon out into the atmosphere. So as so CO2 emissions. When you have blue hydrogen, then you have the fossil-based input. And you capture the CO2 in the actual stack and you preferably put that back into the ground. When it comes to the color green, then you have green electricity. So you don't have any CO2 emissions from the process of manufacturing the hydrogen. Now. As for the colored district heating, then for sure, district heating is a green technology in general. But for the purpose of comparing the hydrogen with district heating, I invented the color blue hydrogen to say that it's a system based on a fossil fuel input, the same as the hydrogen system, using the same gas field, for example, processing and all the steps until we come to the district heating plant. And there we generate the heat and we capture the CO2 and store it somewhere. So, in that sense, identical emission as with the hydrogen. The green hydrogen is then a district heating, sorry, green district heating is then a district heating system that is running by green energy. When it comes to the efficiency of those solutions, then Since they are built on the same concept, you mine the fossil fuels, you have the same losses, relative losses of that states. You need to transport the fuels to where you use them. And I assume in both the hydrogen and the district heating case, we have a plant just outside the urban centers. So from the field until you produce your final energy carrier you have very similar or identical systems but that's where things really start to deviate in the hydrogen scenario you need to manufacture hydrogen and that is a inefficient process and you might have an efficiency of 67 percent maybe or 65 percent from the input energy and what you get out as the hydrogen. Then you pipe that to the building where you have a boiler, which might be 90% efficient. And when you backtrack this kind of a system, you have, if you need 100 units of useful energy at the building, and you accumulate all the losses on the way back to the field, then you end up with a relatively inefficient system and that also has some ripple effects because you have some fugitive emissions in those gas systems and those are very bad for the environment now for the blue hydrogen the blue district heating sorry then you of course you have some losses but the losses in the generation of heat from natural gas it's not particularly high. You have very efficient boilers. You have losses in the district heating system, which are maybe comparable to the losses you would have in the hydrogen boiler. So overall, you have a more efficient system and you lose less of natural gas on the process. When it comes to the green systems, I make the assumption that we have some renewable power coming into a system somewhere. We don't necessarily need to know where we take that through a transmission grid down to the urban centers. And that uh, just outside the urban centers, we go through the same process. Either we manufacture hydrogen with electrolysis or we generate heat using heat pumps. So There, we also see that heat pumps, they actually have very high efficiency, much higher than the amount of input energy you put into it, compared to the losses in the electrolysis plants. So there will be an obvious difference in the system efficiency.
0: Good. So in essence, and you show that in the article with some very colorful Sankey diagrams. Um, there is a tremendous, um, a tremendous difference. Um, Jan, I see you are eager to to get in now. That's that's very good. Um, tell us what you do in for um, with your refinery, and um, also a little bit about what you see in the future.
2: Yeah, let let me start a bit with the future because I I fully agree with Artger that that. Hydrogen is, is a very high quality energy carrier. But I also think it, it's actually much more than that. As you mentioned, it, it's essential if we want to convert our society into a much greener society, because we need the hydrogen, not for boilers, but for other activities. If we want some green steel, we can use hydrogen instead of, of natural gas. If we want to refine biomass, we need hydrogen. Chemical industry needs hydrogen and then the medical industry needs hydrogen. We use a lot of hydrogen today in the refining process. So just if you take your hydrogen in a traditional refining process, you can actually one ton, approximately one ton of green hydrogen compared to, to one ton of black hydrogen reduces your CO2 emissions at the refinery with 10 ton. So it's really yeah, I would, I would say that, that hydrogen is sort of the switch, the Swiss army knife in your green transition. So it would be a waste of a high quality carrier, energy carrier, but also a high quality and needed chemical component. So, so it's very important to, to stick to that. and the value in other industries is much higher than just burning it in, in, a, in a primitive boiler. And in And in Yeah, that, that's the second part of it because I think Ottgear has some very good uh, approaches, but I think we could make an even greener approach here because you do have surplus heat from your hydrogen production. And you have two kinds of surplus heat you have a higher quality, meaning higher temperature, surplus heat. From your stacks, from your electrolyzers process, there you have almost almost 80 degrees, and you need to cool that so you you can deliver the cooling and get the heat uh, from from the stack. That's only part of the heat. Then you have a second uh, second part, uh, and that is from all your auxiliary processes uh that that's cooling and, and pressurizing your hydrogen after after you have produced it that, that's a bit lower quality that, that might be 25 30 degree and you have to put a heat pump uh, on that process to utilize that heat. So we have two streams of energy here a higher quality which we can use directly and a lower quality where you need to add a heat pump. So Ottgier has a. I would like to see his calculations on an even greener version of uh, of this.
0: <laughs> okay, Ottgier. I don't yeah. think you disagree. That's just I, one <laughs> level, and the next, and the next, next greenest level. So go on.
1: Exactly. Um, there is nothing. I, I cannot say anything against this, other than that I was aiming for a clear cut between hydrogen uh, for heating, and district heating for heating. And the challenge is always that if we have a fantastic technology like this heating, then we basically can couple so many things together to take advantage of the synergies. And that should definitely be included in a future study just to combine those two things better together.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. That is the theme for a future podcast. We will do that in a year or so when you have your article out. It can't take that long. It's a classical example. Science meets um, what they do out in the real world. And you need to take all these things and make it a rather... Simplified calculation, and then the real world hits you, and say, "Yeah, but we can do much better." But,
2: let but in a year, it. in a year, he can have data. <laughs> yes, in a year, you can have real data.
0: Real, data. real <laughs> data. Okay, that's a good. He brought that challenge on himself. Don't you agree, Jan?
1: <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, okay. it, it might be a little bit uninteresting article since it's so obvious the benefits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but somebody's. You, sometimes you need to state the obvious <laughs> in a scientific way. I think we agree hydrogen is very good. It should not be used for um, heating buildings in the direct way. Sorry if I just say heat the building, but um, it should not. Um, but out in Europe, people talk about it um, and they do things um, um, to promote um Hydrogen for heating buildings in the direct way, individual boilers in your own home. Um, so, who do you think got this idea and why? And um, what is your comments to these, um, to these efforts? Notgir, maybe?
1: I would generally like to reflect the question back to you, because you are involved, well, quite heavily involved in markets where we see the Hydrogen Lobby organization really pushing this agenda, like the UK. So where might they have come with the idea?
0: Yeah. Um, My deepest feeling is it's the gas industry, the gas lobby that does this. I was in, um, in Belgium maybe a year ago and there was there we had a seminar and we met One of the speakers was from the hydrogen lobby. Lobby sounds so negative, but they're they're just promoting the the hydrogen industry. And two fun facts. The the Belgium district heating lobby is, at a good day, one and a half full-time employees. A part of the Belgium hydrogen lobby is... um, Twelve full-time employees, so they are very strong, and I, it, it is probably the the gas industry that would like to see their own systems, their own infrastructure, being used for hydrogen in the future. They can see themselves converting from gas to 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 hydrogen, um, and if you look at England, they're actually testing it somewhere. They have rolled out hydrogen pipes to individual buildings. Maybe not the one family um, buildings, a bit larger, but not, not, not large, large buildings where you can talk about de facto district heating system in the building. small buildings. So it's out there.
2: Just a yeah. just, just comment on that. I can basically not understand why you should use high quality, expensive products for household heating. Um, that, that that's a no-go as i see it but i can see if if you are if when we have converted when we need some storage capacity mainly for your electricity production then i see it could have a value as an energy storage uh, when you need electricity and of course have a combined heat and power production there could give you some heat but that that's the only that's the only situation when I see that hydrogen can be used as, for heating. That's uh, indirectly as, as surplus heat in your combined heat and power plant when you need the electricity.
1: Okay. I cannot disagree with anything of this, but maybe it's worth it to add that when we talk about hydrogen for buildings, heating demands, we have to also consider that there is a little bit, um, yeah, let's say the equipment is not capable of operating with hydrogen, so that a little bit derails the narrative for the hydrogen, because it, of course it's fantastic for the right purposes. But having this focus is a little bit off when the existing technologies cannot, cannot even cope with a high hydrogen plants.
0: I think there's also against hydrogen an argument about about the price because Jan, especially you have mentioned specific industries, transport, um, medical industry, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of industries, steel, for instance, and they're ready to pay quite a lot more for hydrogen to make these green. Future green products, they they require. So every time somebody can produce hydrogen, and we have to remember the hydrogen capacity in the world is not nearly big enough to cover the demands in the future.
1: It's there will be some, small.
0: <laughs> yes, it's extremely small. Yeah, we need to. I don't know quadruple many, 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 many Maybe. times. Yeah. So every time somebody have a kilo of hydrogen, there will be somebody who will pay more than the family who needs to heat their home, and they will probably pay a lot more. So when we start providing them with hydrogen, it will cost a fortune for them to heat their home. Okay, Yann, you already have a district heating grid, and we have that many many places in in, in Denmark. So yeah, I would say. For you to go out to the refinery and getting um, the surplus heat from um, their hydrogen production out there um, was, excuse me, simply a little bit of planning, a pipe and a pump and some equipment and then you could connect it. Uh, You you, you are laughing at me now, but I'm always simplifying things. But what about um, the rest of Europe where we have somewhere between Ten and twelve percent of the heat demand covered by um, district heating. What should um, what should they do? Should they also plan for this? How? What? What is your What is your thinking on that?
2: Well, it's it's of course. I think it's a very good place to start. Actually, if if you should, if you have the opportunity to get access to surplus heat from hydrogen production. It's a good way to start because it's a bit of a win-win situation uh, because they need cooling for, for the, the, the hydrogen uh, production and, and you need the surplus heat. So it's a good opportunity to make shared investments uh, and you can actually create a situation where, where you get green surplus heat from the hydrogen production and they get free cooling. So you can uh, make a fairly good contract because you, the hydrogen producers, they, they also save, they save CAPEX and they say OPEX uh, when they can trust your district heating grid. So it's it's a good place to start uh, developing your, your district heating grid from from that. Uh, but of course, there are challenges. Um, you have a summer situation in the district heating grid, where your capacity is, well, at least in Denmark, it's it's down with with sixty percent uh, compared to your winter situation. So, so you don't need that much uh, surplus heat in in the summer period. But of course, in trees, we have a huge district heating system connected to our transmission grid so we also have a fairly high summer consumption so adding surplus heat from a 20 megawatt electrolyzer is not an issue Uh, adding 300 would be an issue when it comes to a summer temperature in our system because that would then in some parts of our system be be too low so so there are issues but but i think they can be solved. It, it's it's not uh, sort of extremely difficult to solve them, but but it's important to to get connected uh, uh, in contact with with your uh, with the potential uh, hydrogen producers early in the process. In Denmark, we have seen cases where they have placed um, data centers far away from cities. Of course. That's because they were very good um, grid connection to the electricity grid but there's no use for for district heating in those areas. so if your distance is too uh, if, if you're too far apart if your distance is too long, your investments will be uh, basically too high. so it's important to look at your existing infrastructure when you place these new uh, hydrogen. Uh, production units.
0: So it's a bit more than city planning. It's also maybe regional planning and including electricity planning. It's a comprehensive energy plan at for least, a larger region. At
2: least, yeah, it's it's important that that the the planning authorities, whether it's a municipality or a region or a national level, they look into the infrastructure as well. And and you traditionally don't do that. You you have. A company that wants a site we want a site here and then you don't look into your existing infrastructure setup so that part of the planning is is new in denmark at least and and that could add a lot of value to look into that early in the process
0: okay, you marked a few times yeah i i think there are
1: some other aspects at play as well i think when it comes to the future we might expect hydrogen to be quite important energy carrier and it will be a staple for a very long time. So where they build those electrolyzer plants it's, it's not like you just come with a one plant to make the hydrogen, you need to build a lot of infrastructure, power infrastructure for it so it will stay there for the long term. And this is quite important when it comes to district heating, because it's a, it could be a perfect match, actually. And the seasonality in the heating demand, it definitely matters. But on the other hand, if you would locate the hydrogen manufacturing where you cannot use the waste heat, then it's essentially wasted. So just that's important to keep in mind. There can be a, a lot of opportunities involved in this.
0: Yes, the nature of district heating is that we use a lot more during the winter and not very much during the summer. So, and if you don't connect it to surplus heat, then the surplus heat is wasted no matter what away. we do. Now we can substitute some surplus heat with um, green surplus heat with fossil heat. And in the summer, we will just still have to cool some of it away, but at least only a fraction of what we um, um Did before. The next thing is, what can district heating do for hydrogen? I understand there are there there are some technical matters about how um, the hydrogen plant operates. Yeah, and you can (laughs) you are much more an engineer than I am. You can explain that. And um, but you also have some estimates on um, um, the numbers for how. connecting to district heating what that adds in revenue and so on for the hydrogen plant can you tell us
2: yeah of course you you, you do have some savings here if you, because at least in our system uh we can we don't have any problems with it with the takeoff side here because it's it's not that much compared to, we have two million megawatt hours a year and from here we will get a little bit less than thirty thousand megawatt hours so we it, for us, it's it's a, it's easy to include in our setup. Uh, so the basics for us was just to make the connection, and to be sure that we that the temperature levels uh, is sort of approximately seventy five uh, or so. Then then we can can just take one hundred percent on what they deliver, and then we can deliver the cooling from our uh from the cool side of our uh, transmission system so that's when the setup is there it was only establishing uh, one or two kilometers of 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 piping and and a heat pump um, in order to lift the low quality heat from the auxiliary processes so you could make a pretty a good setup with with uh and and lower the investments also lower the investments from from the the hydrogen producer because they can they can save opex and capex in in their dry uh, in their air coolers um, so so they have a saving side there and actually they can operate uh, at higher electricity prices due to that saving and also due to the revenue they get from the heat uh, so the revenues from from the heat and the savings will add maybe 10 to to fifteen percent more operational hours uh, in the electricity system so and and adding even more value with the hydrogen they produce. so so it's a win-win situation um in in this case.
0: So what you're saying is that you reduce the cost and you give them a revenue stream and reduction of cost and extra revenue is
2: producing more right. hydrogen.
0: Yeah, yep. and producing more hydrogen flows right through all the accounting system and may turn a very high expense or wet numbers into zero or or positive numbers in the accounting system. You simply add benefits to their economy. Interesting. Um,
2: yeah, and, and, and it's also a fair uh, heat price, I would say. So from our it, from our perspective, it's also a very good business case.
0: Yeah, I think it's the third time we have to say win-win in this, this podcast. I like that. Um, that's really good. We're running out of time. Um, I have one question before I will ask you to give a comment. Um, a free comment on on whatever you think is relevant here, but first um after listening to you, it sounds a little bit like um hydrogen has the volume um, has the perspective of doing uh, can do for could do for district heating what the combined heat and power plants have. Been doing in the 70s and 80s, especially in Denmark, but also before, and actually also today, are we at that magnitude? Is it something that is uh, is as important as combined heat and power? Yeah, I
2: would say yes. With with the hydrogen strategy in Europe, and and what we have learned now uh, in dialogue with the hydrogen producer and and the refinery, it. And our thinking on, on power to X, uh, the conversion of our production of green fuels, I think it has a huge potential, yeah.
0: gear okay.
2: Yeah, I, I basically agree
1: with Jorgen, and the need is just to push on energy planning so that this energy can be exploited.
0: Okay, thank you. When I talk to young people, I think that will be a requirement for them. They will come after men, I'm not age-shaming anyone, our age, men our age saying, why didn't you do it better when you saw that opportunity with Hydrogen Europe? Why didn't you do it better? They will require us to do good planning and not waste energy at all as long as we can. Good. Final comments? Before I finish this podcast, Otgeir, do you have a comment to our
1: listeners? It is great to be able to participate in this podcast and share our views. And I hope that the audience keep on listening to the TPD8 podcast.
0: Thank you. Jan.
2: I would always say go, go for the green, cheap heat sources. And, uh, and that's all they need to focus on. And then they will find hydrogen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you to both OddGear from Danfoss and Jørn from um, Trees for your input. It has been a pleasure sitting here with you. Um, we're all over the place, but here on Teams and this, discuss this um, important theme, why hydrogen is so important, also for heating, but not in the way we see many places in Europe. And um, also learning about the there's it's a vice versa thing. Hydrogen can do a lot of good for district heating, but district heating can definitely also go do a lot of good for um for the hydrogen industry. Um so let's get some networks rolled out and connected to the surplus heat from any sources, as you said, including hydrogen. Thank you again and um listening.